0: man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven. This is episode 298. We're almost to 300. Uh, As a side note, at 300, just for this podcast alone, if you wanted to listen all of it back to back, it'd take you about 25 days. But anyhow, uh, Jason Lingren is with me and KL is back. Uh, We're going to get into a timeline again. Uh, Those are very popular when we have KL on to do them. But we're going to center roughly around the idea of money and I believe we're going to open up with a success story, uh, which will relate to legal ideas from past episodes. Welcome, Jason.
1: And good morning.
0: All right. We doing this? Let's do it. All right. Welcome, KL. Well, thanks for having me back, Crow. Jason. Uh, these are very popular shows. Uh, people are slowly waking up and not content with the status quo. So uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff we talk about. Uh, leads in so many directions. As a matter of fact, Jason and I met a guy yesterday who has put a few more of the unknowns in place with regard to a baby being born and how the process actually happens. So he's coming to us from, I think, um, well, he doesn't want to be, I just say a Scandinavian country, um, but it's really quite fascinating and uh, he's going to move to do something about it. So all these shows in aggregate, Uh, from all these different points of view. I think maybe it's the best way to have gone at what we've done, but you've got a success story.
2: Yes. I wanted to first apologize to the audience. Last time there was some background noise, totally my fault. I asked for forgiveness, uh, was old rickety chair that I was using in place of my normal chair. But again, that was uh, my fault, not anything on crow and Jason. They try to give you the best program they can deliver. So uh, we'll move on from there. I wanted to start with a success story. I had a lady contact me after 285 about the uh, vaccine restriction and the letters we were writing. She I can't say her name, I can't say the state she lives in. Good. But she's an RN and she works for the Department of Health, which is a state agency. So this is a high government agency kind of a job. And they, you know, started with the new president of course implementing a mask policy, and she was told on a few occasions that, you know, she had to wear the mask or she was going to lose her job. So she was counseled two or three times. She contacted me, you know, with, you know, she said morally she just couldn't do it. Was there anything, you know, we could do? So we kind of went over uh, the paperwork in the last episode. We just wrote it up straight from there with the uh, affidavit and the uh, COL, the violation of the constitutional rights. She gave it to her Uh, supervisor uh, at the time, and she was totally expecting to be fired, you know, on the next hearing type of thing. But she was very surprised and she actually sent me a copy of the email that they sent her. And I wanted to share that with the audience. So this is coming from her supervisor says, I have read your concerns and I cannot dispute your opinion. There is evidence promoting mask and not wearing mask based upon the CDC recommendations and medical professionals Blank, blank, blank is institute a wear a mask policy. So again, policy usually means for the employees, it's the rules, the corporate bylaws. We kind of went over that and other things. Then it's blank abides by this policy, but we are willing to make exemptions on your behalf in order for you to perform your job functions in the clinic. We will allow you access to our buildings without wearing a mask and provide you a space to perform your duties without a mask. Staff will be informed how to get you necessary files in order for you to perform your job duties. You can go to the bathroom without a mask. Just be mindful of your six-foot distance. Please respond by close of business on Monday so we can make the necessary arrangements. So, it worked. Wow. She still uh, has her job. She's very happy. I mean, she's happy to do her job,
0: but the point is she didn't get fired. Yeah, I'm so jaded. I'm starting to make a beef about the six-foot distance, but <laughs> I appreciate the win uh, one thing at a time. I guess That's the six-foot distance is not that big a deal. Um, exactly. If they were, And I told her the same thing. I said, if they're willing
2: to bend over backwards to give you a separate room, have people bring you the work, and all they're doing is asking you to stay beat within six. You don't even have to wear the mask to go to the bathroom to be in the hallway. So I thought it was a reasonable thing for the workplace to accommodate her. I really did. So it shows that they really can if they want to.
0: All right. Well, I'm guessing from that success story, there's going to be a slew of contacts. So let's get it out of the way here. Um, we've got a couple documents here, and I'll start there. Is it, is it your intention that these documents are posted for folks to download? Uh, no, not these.
2: These are just stuff that we're going to talk about today. Okay. If they want anything on the vaccine stuff, that's in episode 285.
0: Okay. Is it your intention to provide contact information uh, as this episode goes out live. Yes. You can just give my email. Okay. Do you want to do that here just for the record? And then what we'll do is when the episode goes up, we'll post it in comments. Okay. It's KL freedom, seven,
2: four, eight at gmail.com.
0: How do you spell KL?
2: Just lowercase KL. Okay. And then freedom, which is, you know, f r e e d O M seven, four, eight at gmail.com.
0: All right, we're going to jump into the timeline here. And uh, I will also mention that KL's previous shows are episode 256, 274, and 285. That'll take a little bit of weight off Rose because we get so many emails. Um, We're going to take a minute to talk about the actor-in-chief or ex-actor-in-chief Donald Trump. I'm not interested in having any conversations about the validity of voter fraud or any other damn thing because it's all a game to me. And so if you choose to go down those roads, please do it independent of my platforms because I'm not I'm not providing space for any idea that this is what we think it is or that we vote for presidents or any of that. And we've laid enough down episodes down to show it. But there's a very important point that Kale brings to the table about the impeachment. And the reason the impeachment matters Is not because a supposed man is being impeached, but what it is, is it's drama. And I will go so far as to say, and I've actually heard things, which I won't get into, that March may be when some of this drama resurfaces. The mask thing and all the other things that get the sheep in line, uh, a lot of it's driven by fear and drama and anything that can come to bear that leads a mind not to be able to think. A good way to do that is to get people invested in a character like Trump, there's a good character, and then beat the crap out of him, or do things people who are supporting that character don't like. And what that is, is drama in the same way a football team works. How happy are you when your football team is losing? Do you think clearly? It's a similar thing, just on a higher level, I would estimate. But KL, let's get into this. The impeachment is really not what people think it is. It has nothing to do with the Constitution, does it? No, that's the whole point. I wanted to just touch on this as a, as a
2: reason to look at the process in terms of the jurisdiction. And this is the same thing that, that happens when you go to court for a traffic ticket for anything else. You know, the p- impeachment process, everyone thinks, well, according to the Constitution, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'll read this real quick. Article 2, Section 4, impeachment for the President of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and, word and conviction of treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors so that's the dictate from the constitution everyone thinks oh they should be following the constitution but the point is is they're not and they don't have to because they're in congress is holding the impeachment process correct congress is article one legislative it's not under article three judiciary it's what we call the territorial jurisdiction which again gets us back to the arbitrary rules they could make them up as they go along and the first time he was impeached, you know, there was no first-hand witness. There was a, a what we call a guy who said he talked to a guy that was listening to on the telephone call. So in a normal, if you were under the Constitution, you couldn't even get started with that case because you have no first-hand knowledge. You have no witness that has first-hand knowledge of the suspected crime. But again, the rules for impeachment were changed two weeks before they filed it, so they changed the goalpost on uh, on trump and again i'm not backing trump what i'm trying to explain here is the different jurisdiction with the different process that's going on so they changed it once the first time they impeached him. now the second time they impeached him, the house didn't even have any witnesses and any evidence they just took a vote which meant i mean as crazy as that sounds how would you like to have to go to court where no witnesses no evidence were presented and the jury said well we just think he's guilty your honor boom that's what I'm trying to show you. That it's just a show. It's just it's the theater. It's, it's, you got to see what's really going on in front of your eyes. It's ridiculous that this could happen in the world in which we think we live in. But it's the realization, it should be the slap in the face that look at what's going on. Because if they can do this to the president of the United States, they can sure do it to you in Poe Dunk, wherever, in whatever courthouse there you they want to do. That's my point. There you go. That there are no rules, they're, they're
0: making it up as they go along. Well, p- people lose their damn minds. Um, what's the purpose of a supposed impeachment? Even if we were in some world that most people imagine we are, it would be to either censure, severely censure an individual holding office or remove them from office. Well, the man's not in office, so what's even the point of any it?
1: The excuse is that he can't run again if he's impeached.
0: Well, here's here's the the part that they've tried to act out in the public arena. Well, someone died. These people blew down the doors of this thing and there was a death and look, here's horn wearing man with painted face, man, and Buffalo skin, man, you know, they're going to roll out this drama and attach a supposed death. It's not a lot different than the covert COVID narrative. Um, and the moment they attach death, uh, people quit being able to think. And more than that, they become afraid to challenge that. And I'm here to challenge it all day long. It's all an act. And as Kale has written in this document, he equates it to arbitrary corporate rules or basically Roman civil law. Anything else we want to add to this? That, that's spit? it
2: for other than, you know, look at really what's going on. And again, if they can do this at this high of a level, they can do anything
0: they want to you, any United States citizen they want. Hey, there's the point. There's part of the point of this show that is rolling out, and it does so many things. Gets people all mad, so they can't think, and all this stuff goes on because people can't think. Uh, but it is also an example, isn't it? It's also a precedent, isn't it? Yes. Um, look, this is what we do now, and you know, if we can do it to the supposed highest of us, even if he is just acting, uh, it can be done to the lowest of us. But all right. Yes. Okay. Now, just, uh, I was traveling a few weeks ago,
2: stopped by where Jason lives. We had a <clears throat> little coffee, drink, sat down for a while, We talked about uh, the money reset and what might be going on. So we had a general, <clears throat> I'll call it a speculative philosophical discussion, and that's kind of what led us to this, I think, episode today. So I just wanted to refresh about the the, the money reset and what Maybe we can look forward to, we can speculate as to the good, the worst thing that can happen, or maybe the best thing that could happen. But let me just quick go over a couple of the other stuff. Back in 1789, we hire a company, the states, 13 original states hire a company to run the United States of America. So always think of it as a homeowners association where a local company is hired to cut the lawn, provide garbage services or water services. And you do this through contracts. You know, they have no real authority over you, the person who's living in the subdivision, unless you give it to them via a contract. Would you agree with that principle?
0: Certainly. Sure. So
2: 1789 or 1776, we win the war, 1783, the Treaty of Peace. You know, we agree that we owe um, the king of France six million livres, as they called it. And uh, they said, OK, fine, we'll uh, delay this debt out seven years out to 1790. Well, in the meantime, the uh, Confederation of States borrows more money. So the $6 million goes up to $18 million. So $18 million, basically, dollars are due in 1790. Otherwise, under international bankruptcy rules, they can come and start liquidating any property. Well, so what do they all decide to do? Well, they're going to socialize the debt or restructure the debt is what I call it. So an agreement is made where they're going to push off the debt for 70 years, <clears throat> because now they're a country. Under this international monetary system, you know, you can be a country if you're in debt and you can push it off. Uh, debt is a 70-year note instead of a seven-year note. So 70 plus the 1789 would get you to 1859, right before the Civil War. The debt is due again. But now instead of 18 million, it's $90 million in debt. And... And of course, again, the company, which was called United States, that was running the United States of America, they're bankrupt. They can't pay it. Plus, the South says, you know what? That's your, the 13 original, that's your debt. We don't want to sign on to it because what they were asking them to do was sign on for sure. You become liable for the now current $90 million of debt, which legally they had not uh, done prior. Uh, and they really weren't liable for. So, you have a big civil war. President Lincoln borrows even more money for the war, and the debt has to be restructured again. Now, in 1863, the Lieber Code, when he declares bankruptcy, he has the U.S. Army kind of take over the role of the federal government, or what, what I call the HOA again, because that's bankrupt. So, the U.S. Army starts. Having these tribunals all around the country and they deal with the rebels and the belligerents anybody that still thinks, you know, they're fighting the war and these kinds of issues, and that's where the presidential admiralty courts came into play, and that's when they started putting the gold fringe on the flag.
0: Signifying what, please? Because we've had a lot of comments on this. Occupation. That your there it country
2: is. is being militarily occupied. And later in hour two, we're gonna kind of do a recap on military law. But the gold fringe around anybody's flag, no matter what nation it is, means you're being militarily occupied or occupied by a foreign corporation, Florida state. Do
1: they have a justification for why they put it up there or is just no one ever questions it?
2: Nobody I know ever questions it. It's in the army regulation manual though. I mean, you can read it. I can't remember the citation off the top of my head, but it's right in the army manual. This is yeah, what we would don't,
0: do. Don't you have Go. to get up, up in rank to have access to be privy to what it actually means? Yes. Yeah. Usually by, uh, colonel, I would say, is about the
2: time they start making you go to school and learn the intricacies of what's really going on. But you're right. Everybody below that, everybody enlisted, no. You're not not privy to that.
0: We should point out to people, very few individuals in military service are ever going to make full bird colonel. Um, Once you start to be a full bird colonel, in most places you work, you're basically God, unless a general shows up. But typically... Whole battalions, um, things like this can be run by colonels. Uh they're very powerful men. There's not a lot of them around. It's almost the equivalent of anything below colonel is conducting the business of any given day in a much different way because you've almost become a cabinet member. Or I don't know how I would describe it, but you're you've become a different level of power at Fulberg Colonel.
2: Yes, and I think in the Navy, the colonel equivalent is captain of the ship. So The colonels in the army are very high up. They're really doing all of the work, you know, because that's one step away from the general generals are just there doing the really high up stuff, but the colonels are really running everything.
0: Well, the colonels are also in competition if they want to continue on to get into the boys club that is generals. And typically the way that worked in the Marine Corps is to get that one star, you have to be improved by the generals club kind of to, to describe it. And by the way, women were generals when I was in all the way back. Uh, in the early 90s, during the first Gulf, women were starting to break into that club, just to be clear about the Marine Corps side of things, which probably is reflected in at least the Army and not far different in the Navy. Yes. Which would be admirals, not generals.
2: Yes. Yeah, they're just different names, but the rank, if you read the how they're paid, they're, the ranking, there's analogies between the services. Right. So, Okay, so after the Civil War, by the time 1871 comes around, the $90 has increased to $2.6 billion at that time. So the biggest thing in 1871 is the incorporation of the District of Columbia. This is when Article I starts trying to take over everything, and they start making subcorporations of the United States incorporated to the state of Texas, the state of New Hampshire, the state of Florida. So they make the subcorporations and start running the union states because everybody's bankrupt. So they enter into a trust agreement where they say, hey, look, we'll start paying for all of these government officials. right?" And, and we'll That's why the, the states took the deal is because they didn't have the money to kind of operate their own uh, government at the time. So watch out when free
0: money comes down the pike from the federal government to be my takeaway from that. Yeah, yeah. So- there, there, that is a very... I have taken zero. Matter of fact, they put money into my account without my permission. I went to the bank and the bank didn't know what the hell to do. And I said, I'll make this simple. This is my account. I did not give permission for this deposit. Get rid of it. So I get a month later, I get a notice back saying, oh, yes, we investigated. And there was a mistake. That's what the freaking bank told me. So if a they're mistake. telling me it's, a yeah, they said it was a mistake. I said, you're right. It was a mistake. Thank you. Get rid of it. <laughs> see, you just got to stand up for your rights. That's what this whole thing is about,
2: is learning how to stand up for your rights. Be responsible.
0: Bingo. I have a drawer full of checks from the federal government that I'm going to frame someday. (laughs) Okay.
2: So, after the restructuring of the debt after the Civil War, again, the 70 years, 1859 plus 70 years gets you to 1929. By the time 1929 rolls around, they're $22 billion in debt. So the debt just keeps going up and up and up. And again, I'm
0: sure everyone notices this. This has always happened in your lifetime. So if we look at what you've laid down here from 1789 to 1863, so everyone knows we're pulling into the Civil War. There's a $90 million debt. The next jump is from 1871 to 1933. But that debt has jumped to $2.6 billion during that time frame. It almost feels to me like the Civil War was doing so many things as they played the Black Lives Matter card. And by the way, still treated those folks badly, but they, they inserted the race idea even into this war. It almost feels to me like part of the purpose of the Civil War was to just jack that debt to astronomical levels that everyone knew they'd never get out from under.
2: Yes, and if you remember, it was called the Reconstruction. Yep. They were reconstructing the federal government. That's really what they're doing, right? Again, right in front of your face, they're telling you. They're going to redo it. Instead of a company that the states hired, it's going to become an incorporation. And from there, you know, in other words, let's go back to around that Civil War period of before our 1871. The only jurisdictional power they had was over the district and the district citizens. They had no power over the Union states, right? So... The game gets to be how do we get the power over the union states? Well, we incorporate D.C. and now we start forming subcorporation franchises called State of Illinois, State of Texas. So they start think of it like they're making a bigger umbrella. So the umbrella was only over the district. Now they start that umbrella. It starts covering all the fifty states. The jurisdiction
0: in terms of administrative jurisdiction. All right. This is a big lesson in belief because back in this time period, you could be asking why the hell didn't my great grandparents and my grandparents, you know, wake up and, and talk about this. Well, here's the thing. People were very proud. There was a whole can do attitude about the United States and it was the best of everything. And people had pride all the way up into my early life where the most trusted man in America was Walter Cronkite, who lied to your face every night for a living. And so that is belief. Just to put a fine point on it, you might ask, how did people sleep through all this? Well, because they were invested in this. They had a good life. They were proud. um, Any number of monikers I could put on it. Yeah, and the money's rolling.
2: So every time they keep bringing in the money, everybody does better. The interpretation is you're getting wealthier, even though you might be getting more debt, but you're getting more things, more commerce is going on. Everybody takes that as they're doing better. Yeah, that's, that's your point is they got skin in the game now. Everything's going good for them. So after 1929, you know, the debt is restructured again. That's when they bring in what we call or what I call the coup d'etat, where the real administrative takes over the federal government in all the territories. Because what happens is they seize all public registered property, which at that time are your name, you know, your straw men. All the land is now being registered at the county. So they they seize it and put it into a trust where they're the legal title holder. You still get possession of it, but this is now why you got to start paying property taxes. Because up till then, no one ever paid property taxes on their their land. But after that, all of these things start changing. They can start taxing the cars. Anything is publicly registered property. So again, you're straw man. When you go to work, now they can start taxing people. Or what they're really doing is they're taxing the straw man. They're not. The federal privilege of that entity to do commerce, that's what they're taxing. Because, again, it's against the Constitution uh, to actually tax the real flesh and blood man. So this has always been about more debt, which creates more regulation, more restructuring. How do they get more power? How do they get that jurisdiction to get bigger and bigger and bigger to get more people underneath it so more people have to pay the debt? Is how I look at it. All right. So by 1933, it's 22 billion dollars in debt, and then by 1999, I can't remember maybe four or five trillion. So you can see how it just it just keeps escalating over and over and over. So at the end of three bankruptcy, international bankruptcy, there's supposed to be a jubilee, which means the sovereign debt is supposed to be forgiven. Now again. You have to understand that the country does not owe the $26 trillion today. It's the corporations that are running the federal government that are really on the hook for this. What they do is they're trying to get you to believe you're liable for the debt. And every citizen, U.S. citizen, is liable for the debt. And actually, when you sign up for Social Security, that's kind of the agreement that you made, is that for getting those benefits when you get older, later you've agreed to be liable or you're a strong man to be liable and you've agreed to pay all of these taxes your entire life to help pay off the debt that is owed by the corporation. Now, again, when you look at this logically, if Walmart was $26 trillion in debt, are you responsible in any way, shape, or form to pay that debt? Of course not. No way. No way. But if they deceitfully trick you into signing a contract with them, where you state basically you are, if you agree to get some freebies later when you're 65 years old, that's how they do it to us. Okay, We're really not
0: liable in any way, shape, or form for their corporate debt. Let's address yeah. that for a minute, too. When I was young, nobody got a social security number until they were going to work, so I got mine at 15. My parents had to take me in to get my social um, I would submit that I was not old enough to enter into a contract, but it's even worse now because that social for most people is issued at birth. So in the hospital is when that process starts, but underneath all of these things that we talk about, There is no clear entering into a contract because nobody understands what they're giving up for the supposed freebies. And by the way, they're not all the way freebies. You pay into these things. Many people pay into these things some portion of their life's work to get up to some supposed retirement that's coming along the way. But in my mind, that makes these challengeable from any number of avenues, not just the common sense one that you're going to lay down, KL. Yeah, well, legally, even in their system,
2: Fraud vitiates all contracts, and there is no statute of limitation on fraud. Right. So you can go back 60 years, 80 years, however long you want to go back and undo these agreements that you signed. Now, of course, when you were 15, and the same thing when I was that age, way back when, if you're under 18, you're not allowed to sign a contract. You're not right. of age of majority. So on its face, children have never been thought to have the capacity to sign any contract.
0: Which we so, did, by the way, KL. My yeah. my social has my fifteen year old signature on it. Yes. Yeah, I have my.
2: Uh, I got a, a, a certified copy from the Social Security Administration of the original application. They and why would they keep that on file? <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> I mean, I should show it to you sometime, but it's all certified. I got a nice blue bonded paper on it, a red ribbon around it. I mean, it looks so official, it's unbelievable. But that's where one of the bonds start, you know, getting created. So again, all of this is about creating bonds, creating collateral. So the corporate, the HOA, federal government can borrow more money from the banks to keep the system going. So now that all gets us to, again, after 1999, there should be this uh, grace period, which usually there's a 20-year grace period in terms of trying to refigure, or restructure, do all this stuff, which led us to 2019 and then, what the second 2020 came around. That's when COVID hit. And, um, you know, there's some theories. Again, this is why, you know, Jason and I had that talk that night about what was maybe going on in terms of behind the scenes. What are they trying to do? And one of the theories is that if they can uh, alter your DNA, want these vaccine and make, you know, make it mandatory to try to make everybody or close to what they want is 90% of everyone getting that vaccine well then on paper they can claim copyright to every person every real man and woman because now you're a gmo you're a genetically modified organism so according to the rules of the game now they could make claim on that which they can then file a ucc lien on this and then that allows them to borrow more paper money more fiat money okay so what I did, and this is, uh, I got this from Anavon Rights. Uh, go to if you've got the handout where the UCC ones are, and there's yep. four of them that I sent yep. you. And the first one is labeled A. So this was done filed in July of 2011. And forgive me my math, my zeros. It was 14 trillion dollar lien. So basically on here, what I'm what I want you to see is on the letter A, the debtor Federal Reserve System. And then if you go down to block two, additional debtor's name, E Pluribus Unum, or the United States of America. Now, look at it; this in all caps. That was back the uh, company that was running it from 1871 uh, all the way to maybe 1945. So that is the HOA. It's not the country. Okay. I'll show you another one where you can see this. So. These are organizations. These are all, all capital letters, so they're corporations that are the debtors. And if you look down uh, below $14 trillion, the secured party, that means who's the creditor of all of this? And at that time, it was the United States Department of the Treasury, 1789. So if there's anybody listening here today that thinks somehow there is no republic going on, Here's your proof because they're quoted as that who is the creditor to this $14 trillion debt. Remember when I said, one of your questions, Jason, was years ago, did the second constitutional trust replace the first one? And everybody seems to think, you know, the democracy replaced the republic. But this is proof that the republic is still going on as of 2011 because they're listed as the creditor of the, of this debt. Can you see that?
0: Yeah. On make sure, block make- three. Yes, it makes you wonder if there's a secret society of some sort, you know, recognizing the truth in what you've just said and secretly been working um, in some beneficial way against these jackasses. Just saying. And, And go to the right in under country,
2: USA, which is the United States of America at large republic. That's the jurisdiction that they're doing this in. Okay. So, go to B, which is the second one. This was filed on the same date, July 8th, 2011. It's an assignment, so it's a UCC 3. And what they're doing is they're adding another debtor uh, on block seven, uh, the internal revenue service. Revenue? So I mean, we, we make jokes about this all the time, but again, it shows you that the, the IRS, the re, internal revenue, is their revenueing military script within the organization, like a church. It's When you're a U.S. citizen, it's all one group, one organization. And you're just, you know, they call it the velocity of money. You're moving money from one place to another. You're re it. That's what their job is. Because with the banking system and the pyramidal scheme that it is, the Ponzi scheme, there has to be this velocity where the money is turned around over and over and over and re-venued. That is actually more important than how much money is being printed is how fast it's moving in the economy. And again, you get down to the bottom of that page, number nine, secured Party. Again, it's the United States Department of the Treasury, 1789. It's telling you the public wow. is still going on today. Let's go to the C, uh, which is the addendum to the UCC1. What did I want to show you about this? Oh, go down to block 13. Yeah, that, I was going to bring that one up. Well, let me go back up to block 11. Uh, that adds as a debtor. You're, U.S. Department of Defense and Finance and Accounting Services. So they're adding them as one of the debtors. And then the jurisdictional, look under 11F, jurisdiction of organization, United States of America. Yep. So again, another in your face. It's in the Republic. The Republic is still here.
0: And cleverly taking some form of administration over the military in this idea, right? Yes. Yes. They're naming them
2: as a debtor. Absolutely. There it is.
0: We own you two boys with the guns. Yep. Now the Treasury
2: Department's running everything. I I look at this as more or less the Federal Reserve is going bankrupt, and the Treasury is going to absorb the debt. So um, if you go down to block thirteen, uh, it's what we call. A, let me pull this up on my computer. Fixture filing, as all real men with hands and legs in all real land in the United States of America, fourteen trillion dollars. We trust in God. This real estate is with the public. So, what's a fixture filing? Definition A fixture filing covers goods that are permanently attached to the land, a real property, like crops. Anything that's affixed to the land can be leaned as, you know, using it as collateral for borrowing money. I just find it ironic, though, that they put the word trust in God because that's what they used to put in the money, not in God we trust. It was the other way before the funny money, the real
0: money had trust in God in it. So. Well, it's, all, it's almost like they're stating that they're jumping through all these loopholes for just that very reason, doesn't it? We're going to yes. pervert everything, but we will never at any time, well, that, that may not be true, go face-to-face against what we perceive as the highest court. But why does it take the time to identify all real men uh, with hands and legs? I don't quite get that. Are they saying that now the, they're, they're making the claim that like when you buy a house— real property, part of what gets sold is anything attached to the house. Like if you have a ceiling fan installed, that becomes real That's property. A fixture. Right. A it's fixture. a fixture. So yeah. it seems to me what they're trying to do here, and it's weird that women are not included, but they're saying as all real men with hands and legs, they're becoming fixtures to this real estate. Is that what's going on? That's what it states. That's the way I would
2: take it as if they're trying to claim that they're worth something. When the man is attached with his arms and legs to the land, that gives us more collateral, more credit that we can use to make money.
0: Well, it almost feels to me like the, the language is very specific. Hands and legs. So is this about work and travel? Um, there's something in the way they have worded this. I can smell it. I, I just yes. don't.
2: Yeah. I don't know for 100% either. But yeah, why would they have put that in? Because right. th- th- there's got to be a reason they-, they listed it as a fixture filing. They have to.
0: Going to have to do a search. There's probably a scripture somewhere that has this verbatim.
2: Yes. And I believe that one was done. So that one was done on August of 2011. That was done later, about two weeks later. Okay. And then the last one, same thing, was done uh, two weeks later, where it's another UCC3 where they amend the previous one as an agricultural lien. So, again, I think that's where the, the land, let's go back to the old one where I said all real estate, all real land in the United States of America, the republic. And now they're going to use it as a collateral or an agricultural land, I believe, again, to use as a reserve status. And you claim that and you say it's worth so much money. Now you can use that in the banking world as an asset to say, OK,
0: now legally we can lend out this amount of money. And I'm guessing, since it's an agricultural lean, it's exerting some kind of control over food supplies. I think,
2: yes, that they,
0: in that way, can control all food if it's on the land. And
2: then, I also believe that what they're really going to grab now is any gold or silver or anything that's valuable underneath the soil. Mm. Okay? So, again, one of these hypotheses floating around are If the United States was to try to use a gold-backed currency, they would claim, again, just claim, that we have 50,000 tons in the ground. Now, again, how do you prove that? But I'm just throwing this up as a speculation, an example of what possibly could happen in order to reset the money supply. So they can say, well, you know, in the Grand Canyon, uh, we know that there's 50,000 tons of gold. Thus, because we have that much money, you know, our dollar is going to be worth so much and then we won't be able to have to, we won't have to devalue our dollar now that the money is going to be reset. This is just an example. I'm just Right. If, you, up if up. you
0: think about it, though, uh, I'm with you all day long. I don't think fiat can keep going because people even call it fiat. Now The the secret is open, it's an open secret now, and I don't think it can t- continue on. But if you can say t- it didn't really occur to me to just now, and we did a big episode on crypto the other night, crypto is the ultimate fiat, isn't it? Yes, because what's backing it. Right. I I mean, I don't know how this slipped my mind, but it's worse than fiat because of the nature of what it isn't, (laughs) which is real. That's how I look at it. That's
2: why I don't do it. I don't speculate in crypto. No, I don't either. Because to me, it's scary as hell. You know, your money goes off in the wind. How do you, you can't, you have no way to control that. You don't even know where it's at, who's running it. Uh, It could be supposedly stolen. I mean, anything could happen. And it's
0: unstable and and anything, anything with a fixed amount of itself, even if it's imaginary like crypto is to be so unstable shows to me, that's manipulation. The only real currency that I would ever accept without an issue would be a currency where a penny is worth a penny a thousand years from now, if the same system still remains. That's real. That would be a real form of monetary exchange, but crypto, man, I don't. I don't know how it, how I missed this the other night, Jason. It is the what ultimate you, fiat.
2: What you're reinforcing is what's been going on for 5,000 years is the only thing in civilization history people trusted was gold or silver. And then when money came along, to back it. Period. Now, you know, another theory is that the Fed is going to come out with a Fed coin, crypto. Well, again, any kind of crypto, I believe they might start with, but I think it's going to fail in less than six months because just for the simple reasons you just stated it just cannot And the world the, to be the world and all other countries are not gonna have any confidence in it whatsoever and with no
0: confidence the thing will fall apart that's just my opinion well there's there's a joke that was done in an underground show which actually reflects our world called rick and morty where the <laughs> drunken genius rick goes in to knock over an alien culture And he takes their currency, which is worth one of itself, and he makes it worth none of itself. And the whole place falls to the ground in seconds. There's fiat. Yes. and and, Well, logically, I look at our system like this, that the dollar,
2: the $1 bill is the currency. And whether it's a 50, a 10, or a 100, those are just derivatives of the $1. So to me, a $100 bill is 100 times the debt of a $1 bill. It's not worth (laughs) 100 times more, it's actually only worth one one-hundredth of the dollar. Well, that, That's, a, that's, that's a how point. I look at it.
0: Yes. That's a good point.
2: Everything is, is a derivative of the one dollar.
0: Now, there's a point of view. If that point of view spread, they'd have a real problem on their hands because everyone with 100 would be thinking, I just went way more in debt.
2: Yes. Well, Henry Ford, his famous quote was, if the regular man found out how banking really worked, there'd be a revolution in the morning. Have you ever heard that one?
0: I have heard that mm-hmm. one, um, yes. and and as we move into so many that you know these documents we've gone over oh, these suckers were filed in 2011. Here's the T yes. up, here's the Q up. But even you know when we're talking about these inoculations possibly allowing them to make a claim for a basically a GMO person, that is another secret that will never be open, right? I mean that's just right. like everything else; it has to exist under the surface. Because if too many people were aware of it, it probably wouldn't work. Right. And, and you have to
2: just, anybody has to see why the push. I mean, they're cramming it down your throat every which way but loose. It, you got to have it. You got to have it. And now, of course, even after you have it, they're saying, well, you still got to wear the mask. Still might be lockdowns. I mean, there's just no stop with these people. They're just coming full blast at you. Why do we have to have the vaccine if nothing's going to change after that? I, I know no one's asking that question
0: because everyone is completely asleep. But I imagine yes. many people are waking as a result of this, even the even the new one. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. One mask doesn't work. So you got to put on two
2: three. Well, uh, have you heard the latest, the anal swab test. Oh, well, yeah. I haven't Again, heard that. Oh, my God. You'd think it was a joke. But my research has said they've actually tried this in China already. Where it's going to be a rectal swab test for the COVID? Now, how insane you have to be to agree to that? To think that you're you could actually test for a respiratory virus if you swab up your butt?
0: <laughs> oh my word! But yeah, alien, you watch, alien, you graze,
2: yeah, alien they, graze they will, must be coming. Mm-hmm. They will line up for that like there's no tomorrow. And I, I can't understand how people would buy that even from the get-go.
0: I I hate to be so cynical, but if that is the case, it's almost like we kind of need the reset um, because we've become not even monkeys. I mean, just kind of mindless lumps of flesh that eat hamburgers. I mean, what is a human life to be valued at when it's come to that and and the willing nature of doing such ridiculous things that are clearly below uh, what a human being?
1: You know what's hysterical about all of this? For a long time now, for quite a few years, pretty much since the Vietnam conflict, people have gotten very suspicious about the government and really weren't under the impression that the government was there to help them and do good things.
0: All of a sudden, that went right out the window, mm-hmm.
1: and everyone believes every freaking stupid
0: thing they say now. It's, it's flipped. Not, a, not everybody, but it sure does appear that in the way media works.
1: Well, you know what I mean. Too many. Let's put it that way.
2: Too many. Exactly.
0: Yes. Well, why is Hollywood
2: putting on all of these movies and shows about zombies? <laughs> Isn't that what you just described, Crow? Yeah. Everybody we, is we, just we, walking around like a zombie.
0: I, I should get Rose to search the first time I said it. What is it, Jason? What are you guessing? I'm thinking well over a year ago when I started to point out why do you think the va- the vampire and the zombie movies are ba- are poking you in the eye about aspects of our actual societal structure. The vampires are on top, those blood suckers. Um yes, but, but zombies, again, yeah. With with vampires, and here's the analogy. You have to let them in
2: the house. That's right. They, you have to them in. They have to have your consent. So guess what? Just like with the vaccine, they need your consent. They need your consent for all of this.
0: The real kind of sick, twisted, ingenious nature of this is what's about to happen or what they're about to attempt. Is okay. We can't force you to get the vaccine, but you're never getting on a plane again. You can't use a taxi cab. Um, we're going to make it difficult for you to go to stop and shop. Um, all these things, and all this is going to have to work out. But to me, it feels like a bridge too far. Unless there's something in that vaccine that makes people completely stupid, um, I I don't. There's there's not enough technology, police force in the world, or anything else to keep this house of cards standing. My guess is that this first initial vaccine is about sterilizing most
2: people. I can't prove it; it's speculation. That's just my guess, because haven't they been running the depopulation thing down everybody's throat for ten years?
0: Well, you know, we, we have we got too many people. We can measure that. Jason and I have done shows to show while you're being told the world has too many people, the exact opposite is true. We have been in decline. I don't know. Did we ever come up with a day? It's decades, certainly many, many decades we've been in decline.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you, by the way. Everything that they're doing right now seems to have been a test of society as a whole, which we failed miserably. And they're like, okay, we can wipe them out.
2: (laughs) They're going to do it. They're going to take that anal swab next. No problem.
0: And yet they're careful to not infringe on the highest court. What's the highest court? You know, if we are created by a creator, then what are all these loopholes worth? I mean, at some point it feels like you have to say to hell with bowing to the highest court if you're these jokers, right? You have to yes. try to become the highest court. Yes. That, that's the pie in the sky. And so there must be one hell of a downside if you lose, which means they're probably willing to do quite a bit not to lose.
2: Yeah, I call it you know like a rat is cornered in the they're coming out, full guns, they're going for it. And yes, Jason, same thing. I said this last time. It's a beta test to see and the, the military famous for the beta test, see how people react. And we failed miserably because they they could just roll on us right now, without any problem. The majority, the majority of people, I'll give you that. Let me just hit on the special drawing rights thing, and that will probably wrap it up for this time. Uh, back in 69 they came out you know the central banks bank of international settlements which runs all the central banks on the on the planet created special drawing rights now special drawing rights is just a basket of fiat currencies all right which means the dollar the yuan, the euro i can't remember there's five of them and actually the yuan from china just came into play maybe five years ago so there was only four but now there's five but You know, they want to come and use that as the international reserve currency, and all currencies on the planet would be pegged to the SDR. Now, the SDR you're never going to see because it's not a physical currency. It'd be just in the computers, just basically used for countries' trade deficits or purchasing products back and forth between the countries. But I don't see that working either because if fiat currencies around the globe are falling apart right now, why would a basket of fiat currencies work? Why would anyone in the most countries, to me, ever trust the SDR? It's the same thing. We're just we're letting the central bank take more control over the world currencies. But uh, I don't see that working in any way, shape, or form either. I see that if they came out with the same thing, that will fall apart within six months. We're going to have to, the world, I think, will demand some kind of asset-backed international currency. Again, this is speculation, this is all my opinion, but I don't think the world is going to go for anything but, like for the past 5,000 years, whether it's gold, silver, whether it's oil, whether it's a basket of assets, any of those I think would satisfy almost all the countries on Earth if it's a tangible asset that could back the international currency and then sure, let everyone's currency be pegged off of that asset-backed currency I can see that from happening because then again, all governments will be limited to how much money they can print, which is not going to make the politicians happy. But that's just the way it's got to be for now in order to get us out of this huge hole.
0: Get them out of their huge hole, I think, yes. is maybe a better way to say that.
2: Yeah, without them being hung like in the 1700s where uh, they hung them all or they cut their heads off. Well, I can't remember what happened back in, back in France. Then they get really pissed at the monarchs and upper class, and they had enough.
0: Just a bit. I'll foot their heads. Uh, yes. I'll mention it one more time. For people who really want to know something about the history of so-called currency in the United States, there's a book called A Nation of Counterfeiters by Stephen Mim. That's Stephen with a P-H, and the last name is M-I-H-M. And in that, I'm reasonably sure it's this book, there are either one or two individuals that came from major universities after the crash of the 20s the late 20s uh, the stock market crash who showed that you could put together a financial system that would never inflate or deflate and it was provably true mathematically provably true and these dudes were shuffled under the rug just to put a fine point on the way we've actually gone but it also tells you how how the currency got started how the federal government always had a charter to create money or that might not even be the right word Yes, the, the state authority got Yeah, right. The states got chartered, which basically means corporation if you break it down. And there were so many banks in the country, no one knew what real money was. They'd see a bank of Utica dollar, and they didn't even know if there was a bank of Utica. And the claim is at one point, more than half the currency in this country was counterfeit for that reason. And the federal government, so-called federal government, could have stepped in at any time to have fixed this problem. They never did. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's an interesting read. It's a big book, but what else do you want to cover, Kale? before we begin to wrap up? All right, last thing. If
2: anybody's got a $100 bill, pull it out. I happen to have one in front of me, and these started, you know, they changed the $100 bill, I believe, in 2008. The old ones were just all black and white. If you look at the new one, what you've got is basically the dollar is divided in half. On the left-hand side is all black and white. On the right-hand side is color. There's a demarcation strip, just past the right of a blue strip. So it divides the $100 bill into two. And on the left, you've got the Secretary of the Treasury signature and the Treasury of the United States, which is you know one of the creditor side, getting back to the 1789, those UCCs, and then the debtor side, the IRS division of the debtor side. So they both signed on the left-hand side. Now, if you've ever signed mortgage papers, you've probably never noticed this before, but when you're signing as the debtor that you agree to pay a loan back, you're always going to sign on the left-hand side of the paper. When you sign your rights to the house away to the bank as the grantor, you're signing on the right-hand side of the page. So again, it's just one of these things you probably never paid attention to, but start paying attention to what side of the piece of paper you're on. Right side always signifies credit. The left side always signifies debt. So with the $100 bill, if you look real closely again, you've got a gold feather with a gold ink inkwell with the gold $100 bill on it, and it has gold-colored writing, and the writing is actually from the Declaration of Independence, right on there, July 4th, 1776. So when I look at this, what it tells me, again, my speculation, my opinion, is that we're going to move from a fiat, left-hand side of the $100 bill, into a credit, gold-backed system, monetary system, on to the right. Okay? Again, I don't know if you have one in front of you, but try to pull one up as we're discussing this. I noticed that the Liberty
0: uh, Bill is still broken on that on that inkwell. Mm Hmm. Yes, but why the color? Why the gold? Why? Good point. Why that water? I I
2: I think, in other words, they're telling us something. I don't know for sure. I'm just speculating, but they don't do this just for the fun of it. You understand that? There's a reason.
0: They would have had to work at it to get that color. Oh my!
2: Yes. This was specifically done for a very specific reason. Yep. You flip it over, and it's the same thing. You've got a $100 symbol on the right that's in gold color. On the left, just the regular black and white. So, again, we're just speculating here. Jason, You know, feel free to throw in any other. I mean, worst case scenario, we go to some kind of fiat system, go massively into debt. They have more control than ever. Good side, possibly good stuff. We go to a gold-backed international currency. Things aren't as bad as they are. We get through it. It's just change is coming. I'm not sure which change and how bad the change is, but I'm sure within this year, change is coming. What do you think?
1: Well, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. But for hour two, when we met, we had discussed the hierarchy of the financial system. I'd like to revisit that and try and explain it in detail so that maybe we can help everyone to think about what might be coming and why? When we see how the actual financial power structure works.
0: Okay. Well, I can I can add this within the people that I'm pretty well entrenched with uh, communities that don't use fiat. Uh, they trade in metals mostly for all the big things, just back and forth and back and forth. These are high ups in societies that some of them happen to take an interest in my show. They accurately predicted that fiat would not pass 2020 without some change. And they are claiming uh, that absolutely the reset is coming in 21. That doesn't make it true, but um, they did accurately predict that fiat, there was no more debt to be accrued or, or among other reasons. And by 2020, something had to come to the surface to buoy up the failing system. But there's hour one of episode 298. When we come back, we're going to get into a lot of ideas um, and we may get further into monetary ideas, among other things. But I mean, even just looking at the dollar bill, because I, I brought it, I had to bring it up in a search engine because I don't have a hundred. It's fascinating and it's something to look at because your intuition will guide you along. And You know, it almost makes me wonder if I was signing these documents, what if I just wanted to sign the other side with the machine break? You know, I'm doubting if that would happen, but there is so much to know here. And above all things, there are a lot of people who are concerned that one of the, the things that will happen in the fiat reset is devaluation of fiat. And there's other people who say the debt has to be zeroed. And I'd, here's the whole thing about the reset. Even people in very important gold and silver money markets seem to have no freaking clue what reset even means in the first place. And that's a telling thing if you examine it. But there it is, hour one of episode 298. Join us on the other side at Crow Triple Seven Radio, crrow 777 radiocom for hour two. And uh, we'll get into things. There it is, man. I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy and higher-minded new era. Cheers.